Welcome to RAFO. Glad you've chosen this particular teaching on capital punishment. I think it's going to be informative and a blessing to you. I think it will enlarge your understanding and maybe give you some pause for thought in many areas as we look at this subject, because it's uh, it's a very deep subject and, uh, and it, it's a rational subject as we're going to address it from our point of view this day. So it's good to have you with us. Glad that you've picked this particular one and uh, and researched Rafa's webpage. And if you look further, you'll find so many things under Lee West Ministries, the Bible Answer Man. There are a number, I understand, other people who have that same Lee West Ministries. But if you search for us there, you'll find it. Also, you can find it on our homepage also. Good, good to have you with us, as I said. And now let's get into this thought about capital punishment. Capital punishment. And uh, let, let me just say a word here about capital punishment. It means that the the uh, state has a right to punish to the death criminals. That's basically what the definition would be in a loose sense. Capital punishment penalty is in, inadmissible in all circumstances, and the Catholic Church must work to abolish it. Now, here the Pope is speaking ex-cathedral. In ex-cathedral, it is considered by the Roman Catholic Church that when he speaks in this fashion, he is infallible. That means he cannot make an error in, in whatever he delivers when he speaks that way. In 1870, the First Vatican Council proclaimed the papal infallibility as truth. So the Pope further states in this uh, statement that all life is sacred and there is no justifiable, actually, actually, no justification, rather, for state-sponsored executions. Well, in the first uh, part of his statement where he says that the Catholic Church must work to abolish it, by saying Catholic Church, he is enjoining his opinion and his stated statement upon the universal believer. So every believer in Christ who is except Christ by the popes using only the word Catholic Church, Catholic means universal, and not saying Roman Catholic Church, he is enjoining his word on every believer to conform to what he's saying. So when ex-cathedra is granted to the pope, he speaks on any matter concerning faith or morals. Now, when you look at that statement uh, in its entirety, this would allow the Pope to define every word of Scripture. Because every word of Scripture is going to deal in some fashion with faith, faith or morals. Every, every jot and tittle, as the, as the word goes, is going to deal with some fashion with faith faith and morals. So the Pope, by allowing him ex-cathedral at his uh, divine discretion, supposedly, then he's going to be able to redefine and interpret for all people, not what the scripture says, but what he, he, he is saying. He can never be questioned since he is accepted as speaking for God. And his words are, again, infallible. 
to, to the to the Roman Catholic understanding. To question his statement intuitively and rationally then would be to question God. Under ex cathedra, popes have declared Mary to be have born been born without a, a original sin or by, without a sin nature. They declare Mary's bodily assumption into heaven. They did that in 1950. Pope Pius XII did, made that uh, declaration, ex cathedra. Ex cathedra, the church declared that Mary is co-redemptive of the universe. That's total heresy. God alone is the, Jesus Christ is the total way back to God. Mary can't, he, he doesn't delegate that to anybody. He, she cannot pay, have been co-redemptist of the universe. Ex cathedra, the, the Roman Catholic Church declares Mary to have been a perpetual virgin, a virgin. We know that that's a lie because the Bible clearly says she gives us, uh, names of, of four sons additional to Jesus and also says he had at least two sisters by Mary. So we, we know that she had other children. So the, so when, when he spoke this way, uh, and they made this the declaration by the Roman Catholic Church, they were, they were speaking heresy. They declared that uh, Mary can pray for us now and at the time of our death. That's the lie. Once you die, you die in the state that you lived in. If you die a sinner, you stay a sinner. No person can pray for you. No, no priest. Bishop, Cardinal, or the Pope himself can abstain sin, forgive sins. That's heresy. The Roman Catholic Church at the Council of Trent in 1645 through 53 said this, If anyone says that the faith which justifies is nothing else but trust in the divine mercy which pardons sins because of Christ, or that it is trust alone by which we are justified, let him be anathema. And anathema there means let him be under a divine curse. What a heretical statement for the Roman Catholic Church to assert at the Council of Trent. In this statement, the Roman Catholic Church calls the Godhead a liar because God the Holy Spirit wrote this through the pen of Paul in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 89, where God writes through the Holy Spirit, through Paul to us, he says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And then the, he goes on to explain that. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. That means solo fide, the only way that by only by God alone is that gift given. It says, not of works, lest any man should boast. And boast there just means simply rejoice in himself. So the Catholic Church speaks heresy. And their, their followers, many of, most of them, are in ignorance of what the Catholic Church is saying because they don't most of their followers do not understand the Word of God and what he has said through the New Covenant and laid down the foundation for in the Old Covenant. The Pope, in his August 2018 statement, further declares, it is an attack on the dignity of human beings. He's talking about the uh, the execution, the, the death penalty. 
here is still addressing the state-sponsored execution. And it might be said, said by me that a guilty person of a crime forfeits his right to dignity. He's only then able to receive justice. Right here, I have to restate what God has divinely decreed. In Genesis 9, verse 6, God the Holy Spirit again writes through Moses. He said, Whosoever sheddeth a man's blood by man shall his blood be shed. And then he explains that, For in the image of God made he man. Now, let me read that again. Maybe I, didn't, I, I read that rather quickly. Let me just restate that. Whosoever, that's clear, sheddeth man's blood, that's clear, by willful intent, by man, that's divine order or legal order of man, shall his blood be shed. And the reason is because in the image of God made he man. In Romans chapter 13, Paul writes again of the uh, writing of the Holy, or being led by the Holy Spirit. Let every soul be subject to the governing authority. The authorities that are appointed of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the authority, resisteth the ordinance. That means the prescribed arrangement of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves judgment. For rulers are not a terror, that means an alarm, to good works, but to the evil. For he is a minister of God, that means the, the, the authority on earth. For he, that authority, is a minister of God to thee for good, not not bad. Therefore, it's not bad to execute by the state. It's for the good. But if thou do such which is evil, be afraid. And they should. For he beareth not the sword in vain. That's the state. For he, the state, is the minister of God an avenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Now, I don't mean to say there that the execute there is the same, but it is him. It is falls under that umbrella to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. The Pope further states, there is no justification for state-sponsored executions. He could not be more clear it is indicated that he's speaking ex-cathedral, therefore he's not to be questions, that he's speaking truth, he's speaking for God, and yet he's contradicting God, and therefore he is propagating heresy against God Almighty. Justification defines secular, the charge one is judged for their acts, and by a jury of their peers, that, that's handled by secular, the legal aspect the prosecution of one's charge for a crime. That means that they're duly prosecuted for good qualities and bad qualities in, in their acts. Were they, were they justified in their acts or were they guilty of murder? Theologically, God's acts of judging the one's actions. He renders God and renders a judgment in these kinds of cases. And he honors when, when, uh, law of the land is, is a good law and is justly applied such in its state executions. God says that on uh, the subject of execution, he says to Adam and Eve that he sets the boundaries. He indicates he's setting boundaries and it has, there's violations if you uh, 
there's punishment if you violate those boundaries. In Genesis 3, of the fruit of the tree, that means that uh, of good and evil, ye shall not eat of it lest ye die. That, that means God would punish to the death if they should do that. That God would slay. In 1 Kings 21, Thou didst blaspheme God and the king, carry him out and stone him. That means execute him, that he may die. They're following through on this principle in the Old Covenant. In Genesis 9, again on capital punishment, I'm restating, Whoever sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed. And then, as I said, it explains it, For in the image of God made he man. This word of God totally disputes the statement by the Pope. Also, this demands that society rid itself of murderers, not those who kill, but of murderers. People in, this is important to remember what I'm going to say right now. People in authority, as the Pope, when they speak these kinds of supposed truths, they influence many people and they contradict God's word in many, uh, on many subjects. They compromise social order. They call God a liar. They misguide the ignorant. And the, the reason that the, the, the Roman Catholic population don't rise up against this, I said, is because of ignorance and because they're held in terrible bondage of fear by, by rising up against these people who impose themselves as God's authority on earth, which they have no authority to do. No minister can subject his own authority over the church of God. That's, that's the Holy Spirit's job to do that, not man. God does not allow that to man. The ramifications of not enforcing capital punishment is murderers go free to murder again. And we've seen this exacerbate in the last few years because people will be charged with one murder and the and the courts slap them on the wrist and juries free them and they go out and they kill again and again and again. Ramifications for not enforcing? Society lives in fear. There was a time when I was young, women and men, especially the women and children, could play out in their neighborhood, not under direct supervision, and no one would dare harm them. Women could walk in their neighborhoods or downtown shop shopping, window shopping, you used to call it, and be feel perfectly safe. And men, if they saw someone trying to uh, force a woman to do anything, there would be a fist fight on the street. Society at that time would not allow that. And now... You, you have to go out. You either have to go out armed. You have to go out with security. You have to go out in groups because the society in the United States is living under fear because of, of people who won't enforce the law and these kinds of statements that are accepted by the public as being factual and they bear on people's sympathies and the people live in fear. And if you don't believe that, Try going out someplace tonight and see if you feel safe. Try sending your wife out to some area where it's rather uh, limited and light and see if you feel safe for her. If you do, you, you need prayer. You need help. You're sick. Much funds are extended on incarcerations. The people who should be, the, the, you, the Constitution and Bella rights 
says that people who are guilty of this will be tried quickly. It, it shouldn't take 20 and 30 years to try a murderer. Lawyers love it. Judge love it. Court systems love it because it pumps funds in that and it diverts funds that could be used better. So much funds are in, included when we incarcerate people awaiting trial for 10 and 20 and 30 years. We've got to feed them and they feed them like gourmet meals almost. And they house them and they, heaven forbid that, uh, as they say that anybody would do anything to harm their little soft souls. Or, or make them inconvenient. And I, I'm not propagating hardness about to criminals. I'm not doing that. I'm saying they need to be treated humanely. But murderers need to be tried quickly to verify that they did that. That should be the only trial if a person has witnesses to a crime that they murdered prematurely, uh, not prematurely, but premeditatedly. And they have many witnesses as we have today. That that should not come into play except just to verify. Did you see this? Yes, I did. did and does, do you, all of you say that you saw this? Yes, we did. We can verify that. Then that person should be tried to to for the punishment. They should be sentenced to death and they should be executed within a very quick amount of time. I know this is hard because we become a soft milk toast nation. Our forefathers, the pioneers, and those who went westward across the westward expansion across the Appalachians, they wouldn't have had this much trouble understanding this. They had to deal with error and illnesses and, and evils when they encountered those. And it was, most of the time it ended in death for somebody. So murderers go free, and it encourages other murderers to murder. And most important, this is most important, God will allow societies who violate his word to reap the wrath that they sow. So God will allow us, if we keep violating his word, he will allow us to reap the harvest that is sown. And we have sown this in the last 50 or so years. There was a time maybe 50, 60 years ago, when the murderers were punished quickly. And it started changing when about when I was a boy. And we started getting the, and I hesitate to use this, but the quote-unquote bleeding heart people. And a lot of them had reason to want to do this because it, it, kept, it gave them jobs in the, in the penal system. And that's still prevalent today. And it caused a lot of uh, prisoners to be given as I said, gourmet foods and workout benches and, and psychiatric training and, and work ethics and so forth. And we've seen that deteriorate to where we are today. And God will allow some of these things. If we don't do it his way, he'll allow us to do it our way, but there'll be consequences. You see, there's a saying says, if you have the capital, no, it's actually, it goes back. It says it's called capital punishment. And some people have taken that and made a, 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 a some type of a, a statement out of it. it. Says if you have the capital, you don't do the punishment, and that's true. In most cases, that's in a, that's true. If you get a good lawyer, he he can find a way to loophole and get you off. I don't mean you personally. I'm talking about society. And the fact is, let me just state right. This comes to me too. Lawyers who do this. You're, 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 if you're listening to this and you're a lawyer and you 
and you find the loophole to get a murder off, you're good, you're going to bear part of that sin, and you're going to be judged for it, just like people who perform abortions illegally. And I have a teaching on what God allows in abortions. He does that, but not the way we do it in the in our country and in the world. So if you have the capital, you don't do the punishment. That's very true. Popular murderers go free. We could name names. We, we've seen people who were convicted right down to where there was no reasonable doubt is what a jury should consider. And yet they have set these people free because they were, they were popular. They were sports stars or they were movie actors or they held some type of a position. Mass murders not executed, but give like given life sentences. That's not the way the thing is supposed to work. Premeditated murderers, their they sh- their life should be forfeited through execution by the state. And there's way to execute humanely. I, uh, just something that comes to my mind: uh, rifle execution, gun execution, would be a humane way. If you don't want to do that, then. Put them in some type of a pressure chamber, de- decrease the pressure, like you would a pressure chamber for a pilot. That they would ultimately die, and that would be humane. They would go out into death in some type of a stimulated in, uh, euphoria. But they should not be given life sentences where we have to take care of them for life financially and and uh, violate God's thoughts on this and His His command, not only His thoughts but His commands on this. Courts give sentences of 900 years or multiple death sentences. That, what total nonsensical junk is that to give 900 year sentence? That's, that's a defamation of some type of rational thinking or to give multiple death sentences. How many times can you kill somebody for a crime? It's ridiculous. And as I said, courts and judges and lawyers love this kind of thing because it keeps the docket full. You're not going to find one judge that will go to his office in the morning and say, oh, good, I don't have any cases to try today. And you won't find one lawyer who will say, oh, I'm glad I don't have any more clients to defend. When you come right down to the logic, it gets more ridiculous all the time. There is a vast difference between capital punishment and corporal punishment. Capital punishment means you take their life legally. Corporal punishment is just they they endure some kind of physical punishment, and we can understand that in the home. As a matter of fact, the the law of the land still gives parents the right to spank their children. It gives many states the right in the educational system uh, to to spank children. Of course, parents would go into uh, some type of a mental trauma if they came home and little little sweetheart had had his rear end spanked really good for misbehaving they they would almost be ready to sue and and lynch the the the, the teacher who did that although it used to be prevalent that a hand would get spanked or even a spanking would would take place and and we still have that authority in the land but parents do, are have been Mind boggled, distortioned in, in, in many of these areas. 
flogging. They used to do flogging. It wasn't what intended to kill, but it was for punishment. They used to put people in stocks. That that where they'd put their feet in stocks and they couldn't move and they'd be out in the public square, or they'd put them in the cage in the public square and the people could walk by and see. That would be a form of corporal punishment. I myself, by observation, have seen juries too timid to impose death sentences. We followed a, 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 a case of notoriety a few decades ago where the person was certainly guilty, and yet that jury freed that person. And we, and we heard another pe- person who was a, a movie actor, and he was freed by the, by the public because he was a heartthrob of the people. What insane justification. Juries are just too timid to impose a death sentence. And this is my personal thought. I came to this thought while I was looking at this subject. Juries decide timidly because they hate to or are hard-pressed to give a death sentence because they're reminded of their own sins. So in the back of their mind, they may be subconsciously thinking, well, I can't do this to this poor person because I'm guilty of some of the same things that they're guilty of. Under the old covenant, God told the Hebrew people under certain circumstances, you take this village, you capture it, and you kill every living thing. You kill the people, uh, their children, and their cattle, and just wipe them off the face of the earth. You think God was being inhumane? He had a reason for that. And if you'll search, and if you have Christian understanding, if you've been disciple well, you'll come to the understanding of why, why he did that. In 2007, 2008, 2010, 2012, and 2014, the United States General Assembly adopted a non-binding resolution for a global moratorium, that means suspension of activity, on executions, and they did it with the view to eventually abolish it. That was their intent, worldwide, to abolish state-sponsored executions. My personal feeling is that the United States or or to close the door on the United Nations from residing in this country. It's a playhouse. It's a waste of funds. It's an ultra-liberal organization. It does not have the individual well-being of, country, of nations at heart. It's certainly not the United States, and yet we pay the greatest portion of their funds so that they can come here. The red, the, uh, those who come from these, the delegates come here from these other countries and they dine like kings and they live like kings and they don't, they would rather stay here under any circumstance and go back to their own country. So do you think they're going to do anything that will curtail this kind of activity? No, they're not because they're parasites on humanity and we ought to withdraw any type of total commitment to that organization and just say that we will participate, but only in a voluntary, willful method. So I think we ought to kick them out of this country. Use that building for an office space or something on the on the west side of Manhattan. Move them out. They, they're doing no good for this country. Capital punishment seems to indicate that the reason that God said that he was sorry that he made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart because they were not executing. Man 
what it was that man began uh, to murder in such great circumstances and number and were not being punished for it. They had no legal system that would punish murders and murders with such in, in flagrant that, that God said, uh, I'm sorry that I made man. And it grieved him in his heart. With murders taking place in such frequentness and quantity that God made allowing man's cup to fill to the brim. He did that when he was ready to annihilate his man under the old circumstances. And I believe that's what's happening now because things are so insanely out of order and murder and pillage is such a state and we are not dealing with it as a nation. The courts are condoning it. The the Supreme Court of the United States has made horrendous decisions such as justifying sodomy and giving sodomy a place of respect in the community. God helped the people who made that decision. They'll stand before God when God judges nations and answers for that. They're not above God. They, I know many of them don't consider that God. I don't know that, but I suspect that in their decisions because they couldn't make some of the decisions that they do, the Supreme Court of the United States. But they're not above God. They think they're above everybody else and too good to live under their own laws. So they make horrendous rent judgments. I, more than ever, am beginning to see God's wrath beginning to manifest in earthly events. If you look at what's happening around the world, I've used this analogy before. You can't throw a dart blindfold at a map. You're blindfolded and hit any place in the world where there's not evil and murder and pillage and war going on. Scriptures being fulfilled and the church, quote, is asleep, end quote. And because the church is asleep, they're the only ones who have really authority. Man's law does not trump God's law. If the church was willing to pray and stand on God, he could turn their evils away. Second Chronicles chapter 7, 14. Look up that. Second Chronicles chapter 7, 14. You'll see what God would like to do if his people were not asleep and ignorant. But... He's just dealing with world end time events. And I have a, I have a, a CD on that that you might like to pur- purchase. It's called World War Three and Armageddon. It'll, it'll, it'll open your eyes. This will be the prelude to God's rapturing out his church and allow man to reap the whirlwind. And it will cause the rise of the Antichrist and his methods on humanity. Children of God, don't get too embedded in this world. Don't be a, try to be a friend of the world. It'll never work for you. Start reaching out for what God says. Start living by godly principles. Your life will be enriching. You may take some heat for it, but that's okay. That's why God has you here to contend for the faith. Let me close with this. In Luke chapter 21, verse 28, Jesus Christ himself is saying, When these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, 
for your redemption draweth nigh. Things are culminating. The end time is approaching. God is going to rapture out his church. And when he does that, the Antichrist will rise. The United States is going to pay a terrible price. The world is going to pay a terrible price. Israel is going to pay a terrible price. But the good news is, I've read the back of the book. God wins and we win with him. Re-listen to this tape or this teaching a couple of times. Encourage your friends to listen to it with you and purchase it some some of these tapes for your friends. They'll bless you for it, I believe, and you'll be encouraged. It's good being with you. I hope I've said some things that will give you pause for thought, give you revel- recollection and reflection, and it will change your attitude toward capital punishment, that you'll stand for God, that it is a rational, ethical, and reasonable thing that we must do to get this country back in fashion. Until we meet again through a seminar or through another one of the teachings, may the Lord richly bless your life.